Hey guys, it's CS Joseph with csjoseph.life doing another episode for season 10 and this is season 10 episode 8 also known as the final episode of this season. Uh, truth be told, this is actually the third time that I filmed this lecture and uh, uh, the first two times is all because of audio issues and I really hope that uh, I don't have audio issues again. That would be nice. Uh, but also because this particular lecture is probably going to be one of the most important lectures that I do uh, because I think the types involved with this lecture are pretty misunderstood. And I think it's very important for this community to understand uh, their, their core value. Uh, and don't worry, I'm going to criticize the hell out of them uh, during this lecture, but I'm also going to be shedding some light on just how utterly important uh, these two types are. Uh, to be able to uh, make sure that everyone within this audience is under, understands, uh, you know, uh, like their their value, their their true worth, uh, what they really mean to the rest of the human race, uh, while simultaneously being able to cultivate long-lasting, meaningful relationships, friendships, uh, social interactions, specifically uh, with these two types. And uh, I maintain that it is very important to do so. Uh, especially with a lot of life lessons learned by me personally uh, as of recent uh, involving both of these types. I think it's important uh, that this audience uh, on the YouTube channel and also on the podcast understands specifically where these two types are coming from. Uh, that way, while, while some of them you know, would believe that they're being persecuted by me, uh, and others maintain that the, the other, like it's too rosy for the other type, not necessarily. Uh, I'm trying to make sure that uh, we be as objective as possible within this lecture, maintaining a positive and negative outlook, uh, you know, for the benefit of everybody within this audience. Um, so without further ado, this is uh, season 10, episode eight. How do INTPs compare to INFPs? And uh, that's right, we're talking about INPs and how important they are uh, to, uh, you know, all of human cognition and to our race and total, et cetera, and uh, what they mean, where they're coming from, uh, how are they similar, how are they different, uh, and the like. Um, and uh, I do apologize that it has taken so long to get this particular lecture out. Uh, right now, the team and I are actually focusing on quality more so than quantity of videos released. Uh, so we're really going out of our way to up our quality as much as we can, uh, just so that uh, we have the opportunity uh, to make some pretty good uh, strides, uh, you know, with the video content. Hopefully the lighting is uh, still pretty good here. And uh, leave in the comments, by the way, if you think that uh, we need to have better lighting coming from above. But I think we kind of have our lighting established right now. Don't quote me on that. And uh, also uh, for the audio, if you want to see some changes, but I think the audio is pretty good as well. But again, correct me where I'm wrong. Uh, we'll get into that. So uh, let's get down to business. Uh, we got the uh, trusty Elder Wand right here and uh, never lectured out the Elder Wand. I mean, I wonder, is it, is it possible that this audience thinks that, uh, like, I mean, one day I'm gonna be speaking in front of a full stadium of people at one point in time. I mean, it's going to happen, it is inevitable. And when that does happen, uh, do you think I should be presenting with my Elder Wand even in that situation? I mean, I could be wearing like a nice uh, black on black uh, suit and tie, walking around with an Elder Wand like a madman delivering a presentation to like a huge crowd. 
Not entirely sure that's gonna be feasible, and I'm sure the INPs watching this particular lecture were just triggered by that, but that's okay. I mean, that's what SE Demon does to you folks. I trigger you. So, sorry about that, but also at the same time, not sorry, not remotely, not even a little. So, uh, just so you guys know. I mean, I'm sorry enough to be polite and not sorry enough to be spiteful. So, I mean, that is the SE Demon way, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, so anyway, let's talk about both these two types and uh, kind of like, you know, a, a reintroduction of the types in terms of, you know, interaction styles and temperaments, similarities and differences uh, before we dive into cognitive functions. So let's talk about uh, why they're very, very similar. Uh, and that really comes down to their interaction style. Interaction style speaking, uh, these two types are both background types. They're both uh, informative, responding control. Informative means that they choose their role in, or they do not choose their role in the conversation. They're more likely to talk a lot. It's mostly because they're beating around the bush and uh, they're not really getting to the meat and potatoes of the issue. Uh, they would rather tell you that they're out of milk instead of telling you to go get milk because they're not very directive. They're not choosing their role in the conversation. They're giving you, the, their audience, the opportunity to choose uh, your role in the conversation because they don't wanna come off as someone who's disrespectful or someone who's creating conflict. Uh, harmony is very important to them because of their comfort zone. And based on that harmony and the direction that they wanna take that harmony, that's basically uh, you know, the direction they wanna to continue to go in. So with that in mind, uh, just understand, you know, when they're being informed, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're being so avoidant is that they're actually really trying to be respectful uh, for the most part in that area, or they're too scared to actually just come out and say something, or they're just not really in a mental state to be able to be able to be direct. Now, that being said, the INTP can be direct because they have TI hero. TI hero is actually a very direct function and can be direct, whereas the FI hero is more of an informative function from an INFP point of view. And uh, when an INFP is direct, that's usually more because they're on the other side of their mind and it can be more of an issue. Whereas an INTP being direct, they're either taking charge or they're just telling you straight up what the fact is at that moment because they're not willing to beat around the bush for you anymore because they're likely annoyed. Uh, so just keep that in mind with how they're informative. They're both introverts, so they're both uh, responding and the responding is important because uh, they like it when people come to them instead of other people, instead of them going to other people. Uh, they also very, very much value their quiet time. Please understand like from an introverted spectrum, while direct responding movement types, AKA finishers are more, uh, they are introverted. They're not as introverted as the behind the scenes background types like the INTP and the INFP. They're even more introverted and they really value that alone time even much more than they have previously uh, or when compared to uh, finishers that is. Uh, so just, just be aware of that. Um, and then also uh, they're very control based. So a control-based person, they're very outcome-focused. It's all about the outcome, and they have to develop a specific process or methodology uh, per outcome that they encounter in their life, per goal, et cetera, per outcome that they're looking for. Uh, they understand that order determines outcome, and then in order to get the proper outcome, you need to have the proper order to get there. Whereas a movement type doesn't really necessarily need order to get to that outcome. They can have a master order or a master process or a master method uh, that they use for like basically everything and they just fly by the seat of their pants. Whereas a control type like an INTP or an INFP, they have a specific order 
for a specific outcome. And then as a result of that, mentally, they're taxed a little bit more to create this time spent and the energy spent to create the specific order to achieve the specific outcome in their life. And then as a result of that, it slows things down. This is why control types are considered slower than movement types. They're slower in their eating because they have a specific process per dish of food that they follow. Whereas, you know, a movement type has, they're just going to eat and, that, and they're just going to get it done quicker. The movement types typically finish their food more so faster than control types. Uh, movement types are typically in and out of vehicles faster than control types. Movement types typically drive faster than, than control types because control types have a specific order for every single specific outcome in their life, right? And it slows things down. They go at their own pace. They take their own sweet time. That's just generally how control works. So uh, they are both informed responding control. And because they're both background types, it can be very difficult for people to differentiate the two. Okay. Now temperaments, that's, there's some similarities there, but there's also differences. So let's talk about temperaments. Um, one of the ways that they're still the same, if we're going to be talking about similarities still, is that they're both abstract. Unlike people who are concrete, who are focused on the what is, the INFP and the INTP are very abstract and they're focused on the what if. And what if means a lot to them, right? And what if, uh, you know, what if this happens? What if that happens? It's all about the possibility. Uh, and because they have that abstraction, the INFP is able to use their knowledge of abstraction to basically uh, abstract uh, the certain, the current social order of the world, right? Where they just can't fathom that something like war even exists. It just doesn't, it's so foreign to them. It's like, why is war a thing? Whereas an INTV does it differently. And it's like, who built this building? Who built this computer? Who made this? Who made that? They're like technologists. They're, uh, they're like, who made this system? This is really retarded. I can't fathom that someone would think that this is actually a very good manufacturing process or that this is a way of doing this thing, you know, what is this method? And this is absolute crap. It would be so much easier if we didn't have to uh, do forward slash social. We could just do dot social instead. You know, who knows, right? There's so many different applications to the abstraction of these two types as INPs. Uh, but uh, again, they're both abstract and that's another similarity that makes it difficult to tell the difference between the other. Um, with that being said, like I said, talking about, you know, the abstraction in terms of systems, the INTP is systematic, whereas the INFP is actually very interest-based. Interest means that they are aware of what they get out of a situation versus what somebody else gets out of a situation, right? Very, very important. Uh, so it's like, cause it's all about an exchange of value because of FI hero being aware of what is valuable and being able to uh, articulate that value through their extroverted thinking inferior. This is why uh, FI heroes like, uh, like INFPs are very coin operated. They're very money driven, very numbers driven. They don't, they're not gonna make a purchase unless it makes financial sense for them. Whereas an INTP, it's not about uh, the financial sense as much as it is about the practicality in solving the specific problem at that point in time. Is it gonna solve my problem, yes or no? Great, I'll pay for it. Uh, am I gonna get a deal on this? Okay, great, I'll pay for it. That's the INTP versus the INFP way of doing things when it comes to purchasing decisions, it's completely different. And it's because it's interest-based versus systematic. The systematic thing is being focused on the methodology or the system or the process slash procedure in that specific moment, right? Gosh, it's so weird. Like, um, I mean, when I was growing up, no one would have ever said slash this, slash that in their sentences. And now it's like a normal socially accepted thing because we're like, we're, we're talking about what we're literally typing in our phones 
or keyboards. Gosh, culture is like completely changed. I mean, come on, INFPs, did you ever actually imagine that that would ha be happening to us? I mean, was that way beyond your expert intuition parents, if you know what I'm saying? So just little abstractions like that, you know, kind of keep us on our toes. Uh, so, uh, so systematic versus abstract, but another way they're also different is the INFP is very affiliative, whereas the INTP is more pragmatic. This is one of the key differences, and this is usually one of the ways, one of the things that you can utilize to differentiate the two. Uh, it is because INFPs are very interdependent because they are affiliative. They're also very authoritarian. It's all about following the rules or following the bouncing ball of life. You know, they're the people who would accept that going to college, getting a job, getting a career is, more, is a more safer route of doing things, whereas the INTP is just going to figure out and trailblaze their own way because they're very pragmatic. It's all about being independent instead of interdependent. Uh, actually, uh, one of the writers that we have uh, on uh, CSJ submitted a blog post about the differences between uh, affiliative and pragmatic, and I reviewed it today, and it was, it was actually a really good post. Um, and, and the post actually uh, just demonstrates the, the differences and, and, and kind of like fleshes out what it really means. And I think they did a great job on it. It's actually going to be uh, released very soon uh, on csjoseph.life, uh, this particular article. So it's in the editing process. I'll be very happy when it goes out. Um, I've been looking forward to this one for a while. But I think it will help dispel some of the, um, the concerns or some of the misunderstandings in terms of what the difference is between uh, pragmatic or affiliative, et cetera. So, so look forward to that pretty soon. Um, but anyway, uh, those are the temperaments and the, we've also touched on interaction styles specifically for these two types. Just to understand like, you know, as we're using the type grid, you want to identify their temperament, you want to identify uh, their interaction style and it's like timetables and then you instantly know on the type grid which type they are with 100% accuracy. And, just, and I just kind of want to define, okay, how these two types from their perspective actually see these concepts and how they utilize these concepts for their own personal interactions, for their own personal growth, et cetera, et cetera, right? So, but anyway, let's now dive into the meat and the potatoes of this particular lecture. And uh, for this particular lecture, I would like to talk about a, a specific theme, a, a very, very important theme uh, when it comes to these two types. And this theme is important uh, for, for anyone who is in a friendship, uh, in a relationship, uh, running a business uh, with these people as a coworker or as a partner for your business, or they're having a, 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 a deeper social interaction that is more than just being an acquaintance with one of these types. Um, perhaps one of these types is helping you run a charity or they're part of a, a founder for a movement, who knows? Uh, but regardless, it is important to understand this very, very important concept when dealing with these two types. And I think this is going to be the theme or the motif of this lecture uh, because this really applies to both of them. And again, it's one of the similarities that has they have that, uh, that kind of helps make it difficult to differentiate the two. However, conversely, I maintain this is actually one of the best ways to differentiate the two of these types together because this particular concept actually provides uh, justification for a lot of division between the two types. So just be aware of that as we get into that. But here is the theme. It's actually, it's actually a very, very important uh, theme. It comes, uh, it actually comes, it's actually biblical. It comes, I think it's from the book of Proverbs, but like, don't quote me on that. I, I really think it is. But uh, particularly, here's the concept. You reap what you sow. Okay, so so what does that mean? Let's let's explore that. You reap what you sow. You know, it's kind of like you know when uh, my mother would always tell me when I was a child. You know, like when I would read things or I'd watch TV. You know, she'd always say, you know, garbage in, garbage out, right? 
And that's, it's very similar with you reap what you sow. You know, uh, if you're going to sow seeds in a field, right, you're going to reap a crop, you know, uh, eventually. And then once you have that crop, you basically, you know, uh, you take the sickle and you're basically farming. And then all of a sudden, boom, you have your, your crops done. You've gathered your harvest and you're good to go. You reap or you harvest what you sow. And it's no different between these two types. Uh, the reason why is that these two types are very, very earth-oriented. The reason why is because uh, they, have, they both have introverted sensing child. And these two types are also very water-oriented because they both have extroverted tuition parent. Remember, in terms of the elements, right? If we're gonna talk about elements, uh, elemental magic, or those types of things, and I don't mean like elemental magic as in like actual magic, I mean the symbology behind elemental magic is directly applied to these two types. And I know I'm getting really metaphysical here, but bear with me. Uh, extroverted intuition represents water, introverted sensing represents earth, introverted intuition represents fire, extroverted sensing represents wind, okay? And these are the elemental properties of the perception cognitive functions, whereas the uh, properties of the decision-making cognitive functions are actually more kind of like weapons, like actual weapons, etc. So just kind of keep your, keep, keep your mind focused on those types of, that type of symbology when we're applying them to the types, right? Um, we're actually going to be releasing a matrix very soon that explains all this in more depth so that you can kind of see how that works. But, uh, but bear with me. Um, so both these types are primarily water with, because of their extra intuition parent and they are secondarily earth-based, but they're very, very earth-based because their earth uh, affinity really comes down to uh, the fact that it's a child function. It's very, uh, uh, it is very um, optimistic, okay? The child function is an optimistic child. So understand that, like how that's an important thing, you know, in terms of INPs, they're very earth-based. Now, when we talk about the concept of you reap what you sow, what are you doing? Okay, if you're going to sow seeds, where do you sow those seeds? You sow them into earth. You know, you got to till the earth, right? You know, and then you sow the seeds and then the seeds are there and then they produce a crop, right? After you water and take care of it, etc. Well, that's literally how these two types work. Not only that, to go even further with the symbology of the fact that they are earth, these two types more than any other type represent the terra firma of the metaphysical, the terra firma of what is possible. What does that mean? We hear about the statement of all that has happened before will happen again. What this, what this means is that's like the, that's one of the laws of time. Uh, it was actually uh, presented, uh, the first time I ever heard it was in Battlestar Galactica, uh, the reimagined series with Edward James Olmos as a, as a Dama. Very fantastic series, although a few plot holes I don't necessarily agree with, but for the most part, it was a fantastic sci-fi uh, series that I very thoroughly enjoyed. I just wish they'd actually explain how they actually have gravity on those ships because I have no idea how that was even possible. As far as I knew, like basically having a, um, you know, a, a ship that basically kind of behaved like an airplane in space, uh, even though it doesn't even have like, like noticeable gravity or whatever, I have no idea how that's even possible. I mean, people in sci-fi very often forget how important gravity is. And as much as human beings need air and heat and water and food, uh, etc. Well, gravity is one of those basic needed human needs. I mean, if you guys didn't know, if you were to cut yourself in space, you're basically going to die because you're not going to even start the healing process because your body actually requires gravity in order to actually heal wounds. And if you don't have gravity, well, you're going to die, even if it's just a very tiny cut and you're bleeding. Good luck. You see what I'm saying? Uh, you might want to avoid that. Well, it's no different 
with these types. These types represent uh, terra firma. Uh, they represent solid ground with which the fate of humanity is based on. Why is that? Well, currently you, you could make the argument that SJs are also terra firma for all of our race, but these are the terra firma for the intuitive. They are the terra firma for the what is possible, right? We talk about terra firma as, and it basically translates into solid ground. These two types are solid ground. And uh, why is that important? Take an INFP, for example, and this is one of their major, major core values that's added uh, to our race and why they're so important. Now, granted, both these types are brilliant, and these two types are the most brilliant of all of the types. You cannot get more brilliant than INPs. I'm sorry. Uh, INPs basically have the ability and the capability to outthink everyone, okay? And that's, that's for sure for, for TI Hero. It's also the same thing for FI Hero because FI Hero thinks in terms of principles and, uh, and value systems and values, uh, and they can outthink everyone. It's such that, that INFPs are actually brilliant day traders. They're, they're amazing in the financial game. A lot of people don't realize that they just have those raw skills. And the more experience that they gain, the more terra firma that they gain with their SI child, the more they're able to use their expert intuition to actually predict outcomes, especially in areas of finance, that their FI hero ends up creating value systems with their TE uh, inferior and expresses it and they become amazing day traders, right? Uh, you know, whereas, uh, you know, INTPs, it's, it's a completely different approach. They have to identify and create specific systems that they follow, whereas it's more interest-based with the INFP from a day trading standpoint. But again, they both provide that solid foundation for the rest of our race to be able to handle what is possible because these two types are aware of what is possible on a regular basis. Uh, I mean, everything's based on it. I mean, take the INFP. Their core inner personal philosophy that they've developed over time as a result of reading, because if an INFP isn't reading, like what the hell are they doing? You need to be reading. And if you're not reading, you're probably going to be like a burden on everybody else. And kind of like your philosophy is not gonna mean anything. And you're not gonna be someone who's providing that philosophy, which is the foundation for a movement that could inspire world change. Oftentimes, uh, a friend of mine, he's an INFJ, he's got this INFP friend who just has his head in the sand. He's like the most ignorant person you've ever met. And uh, if he would just stop being lazy and actually read books and expand his mind, he might actually, he has, the, uh, he ha he has that uh, devotion from his introverted sensing child where that he would be devoted to creating a movement based on a core interpersonal philosophy that he would create. And that would be the foundation for the NFJs of the NF temperament to take that philosophy and execute it. Execute it in such a way uh, where, where our race begins to change. I mean, don't forget folks, like INFPs, like recognize how important you are because without you, where are, without you being these amazing philosophers that creates this philosophy and this system that you can oversee, uh, it, it becomes the foundation for movements that inspire world change. And it's the uh, NFJs that take your philosophy and execute that world change, etc. How is that going to happen if you're too lazy sitting at home on your phone, uh, you know, while your kid's running around and your husband's not home yet, and uh, it's just an absolute nightmare. And then your husband gets home and you're just sitting there being lazy all day long, playing on your phone, and your kid's diaper's not even changed, there's toys everywhere, it's an absolute mess, you haven't even done anything at all, the dishes aren't even done, dinner's not cooked, and your husband gets home and it's an absolute total like mess, and you're like perfectly okay just being there ignorant, not caring, and basically becoming this insanely selfish person, you're not even aware of it. 
when in reality the situation is what you should be doing, you know, the good thing is making sure that that doesn't happen, right? Get out of your comfort zone. You need to read. You need to be developing your core interpersonal philosophy because that is the foundation for any movement so that the NFJs can take your philosophy, execute it, have that movement that you're basically, because you're providing influence on uh, the NFJ and the NFJ is being influenced by you and using their power, right? Because remember, NJs are about power, whereas NPs are about influence, okay? NPs provide influence, NJs provide and use power, right? So we are empowering the NJs to take our NP uh, ideas, visions, and originality, philosophies, methodologies to implement for the betterment of their companies, for movements, and it's supposed to provide, you know, world change. This is no different than with INTPs. INTPs basically need to develop what they call the perfect system. And a great example of the perfect system uh, would be the perfect system that was created in the recent Tron Legacy film. You have the, uh, you have the INTP um, played by uh, Jeff Bridges' uh, character who created this uh, program known as Clue, CLU, and uh, told Clue, hey, we're gonna create the perfect system and made him in his own image. But Clue you know, was so obsessed with perfection that it ended up destroying uh, you know, a, a miracle, a, a miraculous uh, uh, AI system that became sentient within uh, the construct known as the grid. And uh, because of that, it, it, it created a lot of problems. But the point is, is the INTP, their job, their philosophy basically is coming up with the perfect system or a perfect system or an amazing system that can inspire world change. Well, what is one example of that? Well, here it is. This would not be possible without an INTP. And do you know which specific INTP I'm talking about? I'm talking about Steve Wozniak, co-founder of Apple. Without Steve Wozniak in that situation, providing influence, influence on Steve Jobs, influence on the, on the, uh, on the company of Apple, and even though uh, the iPhone came after Wozniak, it doesn't matter. Without Wozniak at the foundation, wait a minute, at the foundation of Apple with Steve Jobs, the iPhone would never exist and we potentially would never have that huge amount of world change that we have now when it comes to various cell phone technologies, etc. Because I remember the very first uh, announcement that Jobs made about the iPhone. It's a phone. Uh, it's a, um, it has the internet. It has email. It has all of these different aspects all in one place. Uh, it has all of your music, your MP3 player, all in one device, right? It's an all-in-one, a literal omni-tool, basically. And cell phone technology continues to get better and better and better. And we're about, when well, we're literally on the edge of a cliff right now for the next stage in cell phone technology evolution as 5G and eventually 6G becomes made available to, uh, to humanity. Uh, and it's going to be absolute wide, drastic change, the amount of bandwidth. And eventually we're going to get to a point where we have unlimited bandwidth. And, un and that's just going to be life-changing, world-changing. It will be the next evolution of the Tower of Babel that we have here on Earth. And it's going to change everything forever and ever. This is what we call the Law of Accelerated Returns. It's what uh, um, Ray Kurzweil, also an INTP, talks about when he's talking about singularity because singularity is coming. While I am not a transhumanist and I am actually against transhumanism, uh, I do maintain that sing singularity is very real. If you do not know what singularity is, it's basically 
how mankind will not be able to tell the difference between what is man or what is machine, basically, and it's supposedly coming around in 2045 according to predictions made by their prophet, Ray Kurzweil, who last I checked was somebody who was in charge of or a part of the Artificial Intelligence Project at Google. Not really sure about that. I don't have very much information on that, so take that with plenty of grains of salt, but you get my drift. I recommend uh, reading about singularity uh, if you get the opportunity, but again, INTP trying to find that perfect system. And because you have that perfect system or you have that perfect uh, philosophy, it may not necessarily be perfect, but it might be a great system, it might be a great philosophy, et cetera, that is consistently improving uh, based on the INFP or the INTP. The bottom line is this, folks, the earth and water that they have, and specifically the earth inside of them, which is their introverted sensing child, literally becomes the foundation for any company, any movement, any way of doing things, etc., that can inspire change, provide influence on people, on executors like NJs to execute uh, the, the, that information or that way of doing things or that, you know, for the sake of that movement or that company, and really inspire world change on a world macro level, right? So why is that important? It's important because if you have an INTP or an INFP in your organization or within your movement or in your business or whatever, you might want to listen to them. They really provide that solid ground. You don't even realize, but those people are the foundation from which your organization survives, exists, breathes, lives, all of that. They are the backbone, people. They are the foundation. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because they're very behind the scenes, right? They don't often speak up. Who, who spends some time, you know, asking the INFP for their opinion? Who spends time asking the INTP for their thoughts on things? Not very many people. In fact, they're actually the most overlooked of all the types, yet I would wager they are some of the most important, if not the most important of all the types. I mean, other than obviously the INFJ who's responsible for being the tip of the spear for our race and bringing us a better tomorrow. But is that INFJ really going to be able to do that without having the terra firma provided by the INFP from which to stand upon, to be able to take the vision or the philosophy produced by the INFP and execute it for the betterment of our race? Do you think that's even going to happen? Wait a minute. Chicken or the egg, right? Well, if we're going to say the INFJ is the chicken, then the egg is definitely the INFP, folks. And we're not going to get very far without them. You guys need to understand that the people that you need to listen to the most, the people that you need to give a voice to the most, are the people who speak the least. And guess what, folks? That's INPs. INPs speak the least. You need to listen to them. Uh, a good friend of mine, uh, uh, although we kind of fell out of contact recently, I don't know if he still watches this channel, and I really hope he does. And I've got to give a shout out to him. His name is Kelsey. Great guy. He's in the Bay Area. Um, an, an amazing gentleman. Uh, shared some great opinions about the INFP uh, archetype with me. And he said this, you know, INFPs with their TE inferior, we, they, we are so afraid that our opinion will be drowned out by all of the other opinions around us and we won't be heard, and then we won't inspire change, and things will continue to be made uncomfortable for us because no one is listening to our opinion. And then it's like, great, no one's listening to our opinion, no one's allowing me to give input based on the amount of thinking, the amount of crunching that I've done in my head, like, okay, this is a good thing, this is a bad thing, this is good, this is bad, constantly thinking about it. They're never not thinking at all times with how they feel, because remember, feeling is a form of thinking. It's not just TI logic. I know all the time, sometimes I'm like, wow, that guy is without thought because he's an ENFP and he's got TI trickster and he's not really thinking, he's more feeling. 
True, but understand that like the terminology wise, both ways of a TI and FI are both technically thinking, it's just they manifest in different ways. The TI approaches the true false direction, the FI direction is the good bad uh, direction understand the difference. And while you know INFPs are focused on doing the right thing, uh, the INTP is trying to discover what really works and do what works. It's the difference between pragmatism and affiliative, right? Two different ways. So understand that uh, it's important for INFPs to be able to be heard in that regard, that their opinion matters. If, if, an, INTP, if an INFP feels that their opinion doesn't matter, you know what's gonna happen? They're just going to default to their thinking and then their demon's gonna come out. Yeah, that's gonna be really good. Well, it's no different from, uh, from an INTP. TI hero needs to be listened to. And if no one values the thoughts of the INTP, then they're just gonna do what they value. Yeah, and then FI demon's gonna come out and start blowing up everything. That's effective, great. And we're gonna talk about a little bit, a little bit more when we talk about the house of cards example. But remember, you have to understand INPs are absolutely critical to the success of any organization. And if it's very people-oriented, very affiliative, very movement-oriented, you need to understand the INFP is where you want to go. If it's very systems-oriented, business-oriented, company-oriented, technology-oriented, uh, where it's all about systems and not necessarily interest, you know, the, the interest uh, level of the movement versus the systems level of the company, then you would want an INTP for that. And remember, folks, they provide the foundation. Like what happens when you pull out the foundation out from under someone, you pull out the chair out from, some, from, out from under someone, what happens? A very painful display where they, they just, their ass hits the ground and they're, they're, they're butt hurt at that point. You see what I'm saying? Well, you basically mistreating your INPs on your teams or in your organizations or at your church or at your movement or at your charity or whatever, or you overlooking them is literally the equivalent of pulling out the chair out from under yourself. Yeah, like seriously, stop doing that. Like that is really bad idea. You folks need to understand how valuable these two types actually really are. They spend so much time thinking about everything that they encounter that when it comes to speaking about it and understanding it, they're the ones listening to. Not only that, to go even further, they both have expert intuition parent. You know what that means? Oh! They're going to be warning you about bad things that would happen in the future. These two types literally walk around in, I told you so land. Do you know why? It's because expert intuition views the intentions and the desires and the goals of other people around them as irresponsible. And these two types do not allow themselves to be irresponsible with what they want such that they almost, not even, they almost do not even allow themselves to want anything because or be motivated to do anything because of anti-critic. It is impossible to motivate these people. Taking these people to like a, a, a Tony Robbins conference is, about, is a complete total waste of money and a waste of time because they just feel like they're being manipulated the entire time because they could see how easily the willpower of other people is easily manipulated. So because of that, they're just basically immune to it because they just automatically take it as, as manipulation when they're trying to be motivated. 
Well, that's not how you motivate these two people. But then again, it's like, well, wait a minute, Mr. C.S. Joseph. I'm having a really hard time with the INPs in my life, and I understand that they are the foundation of my organization and my movement, and it's like super hard to motivate them, and I need them to be productive, and I just don't know what to do. How do I motivate them? You say they're unmotivatable. Now it's like, but then you also say that they're, they're the foundation of my firm, and I don't know what I'm supposed to do because it's like it's like a catch-22, damned if I do, damned if I don't. I have to motivate them, but then you tell me I can't, but then you tell me they're the foundation. What do I do? Glad you asked. Yeah, there's a specific way of doing that. We're going to get to that in a minute. So remember, they are the foundation. And when you pull out the foundation out from under somebody, you pull out that chair, their butt's going to fall. Don't forget, folks, it doesn't matter the movement, it doesn't matter the company, it doesn't matter the government, it doesn't matter the nation, it doesn't matter the religion, it doesn't matter the system, it doesn't matter. If a group of people come together who speak the same language, who are united, they can accomplish anything. Genesis chapter 11, verse 6, you might want to look that up. I mean, that's what the Tower of Babel was all about and their attempt to actually reach ascension, to reach immortality, right? Yeah, that failed. I wonder why. Because they were divided. They became divided. They started speaking different languages. They weren't even able to communicate with each other. And the collective unconscious of man was divided up into small pieces. For more information on that, watch Season 17, Episode 1 here on the YouTube and on the podcast available in the playlists. But here's the point. Every single organization, doesn't matter what it is or what it's for, it is literally a house of cards. It's a house of cards. It's going to fall over one day. And let me tell you, it can keep be a really strong house of cards it's going to go, or is it going to come a tumbling down? And do you know how it gets cold, uh, uh, a tumbling down? You're playing this game of Jenga, right? Have you ever played Jenga? You know, you got the little wooden logs, you're pulling out, you know, and then you're trying to keep the tower up as you're pulling logs and whatnot. It literally, life is like a game of Jenga, okay? Let me tell you something. The INP, doesn't matter if it's the INFP or the INTP, the INP is literally the most important piece in the entire tower that if you pull that piece, it will come crumbling down, okay? Your house of cards will come a tumbling down if you are not careful, okay? You have to understand this concept of the house of cards. Oh, how does that tie into our main theme today of you reap what you sow? Hmm. When you're tilling that earth, and that sometimes requires you to make that INP uncomfortable in the tilling process, and you're sowing seeds into them, and you're going to reap a good harvest, right? You have to understand that that is the foundation of what you're doing. If you pull out the foundation, the house of cards is going to fall about. Hey, let's use another biblical example, shall we? If you build your house upon the rock, when the rains come, right, and the flood comes, is your house going to get wiped out? Nope. It's going to still stand because you built your house on the bedrock, right? The bedrock of the INPs. This is how important they are, right? They are the bedrock. But then if you want to build your house on the sand, oh, that's a bad idea. There goes your house of cards. There goes your company. There goes your movement. It's completely a total waste. Do you know why? Because you decided not to listen to the INTP or the INFP. You didn't give the INFP the chance to speak their opinion. You didn't give the INTP the opportunity to help and assist and give them recognition for it. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's basically why you failed, okay? Because these two types, which are typically ignored, you ignored them like everybody else. You took advantage of them like everybody else or at least you made them feel like they were taken advantage of. 
You may not have seen it from your point of view, but that's how they see it. Wow. You know, oh, isn't there this concept of, you know, love your neighbor as yourself? Or maybe the golden rule. Wait a minute, what is that? Oh, treat others the way you want to be treated. If you're a certain type, aka one of the 16 types, because you are, because you're a human, because you're watching this, guess what? You want to be treated in a certain way. You want to be treated in such a way where you and your nature is acceptable and your nurture is acceptable by other people. You want to be accepted. That's very natural for humanity and very natural for human beings. The thing is, what are you doing to accept these two types? Because these two types are some of the least accepted amongst the types because they are often ignored because of how silent they are. Do you know why they're silent? Because they're silently judging absolutely everything with their hero functions. And sometimes they understand that when they speak and share an opinion or share their thoughts, it could be alienating to other people. And they do not want to create conflict. They need that harmony. Why? So their SI child, their SI child can be in harmony because they don't like conflict. So they're not going to speak. But as Dietrich Bonhoeffer would say, not to speak is to speak. Okay, and trust me, you need to be responsible and give both of these types every opportunity to speak. And you need to listen to them and based on their recommendations, you need to execute on them. Why? Because they have expert intuition parent. I'm sorry folks, but if there's something you need to listen to, it's expert intuition parent. It is very responsible about your fate. If you're not listening to expert intuition parent in terms of your fate, I'm sorry, that's literally stupid. Like, it's bad. It's like, if you, want to, if you want bad advice, you could give bad advice to someone and tell them not to listen to their INPs. Wow, wow. That's okay. Here, let's just pull out the chair out from under everyone right now. And that INP is just gonna, just gonna start walking away. It's not gonna matter anymore. Ooh, that's effective. Yeah, that's effective. They provide warnings. It's very, very important you listen to their warnings. There's a reason for that. Now, I've just shared with you the core value. Let's get into the functions and how they work. And then also, like, let's also talk about how um, these two types uh, <laughs> uh, have some hangups and how to uh, get through those hangups. Because as, as important as, as, as centrally uh, important as these two types are, they definitely have some problems of their own, just like everybody else. And uh, if, you're, if you have relationships with these types or there's some techniques that these types can utilize to help get themselves out of the situation, we're going to be talking about that at length basically right now. So, but functionally speaking, we're talking about differences and similarities, right? We talked a little bit about TI hero. We talked a little bit about FI hero. Remember, TI hero is all about the true false, what it thinks is true or false. Whereas FI hero is what it believes is good or bad. Remember, FI and TE on an axis is all about belief, belief systems, what they believe. It's also about opinions. Not necessarily what's true, it's a collection of opinions. And they have, a, they have oh, 60% of my opinion, or all these collective opinions say this, so this might be true, so I'm gonna listen to that. This is more likely to be true, so I'm gonna listen to that. That's rational thinking, but it's not, it's not actually something based on truth, right? Whereas TI Hero is all about, if this, then this. If this is true, then this is true. If that is true, then that is true. If that is true, then that is false. If that is false, then that is false. If that is false, then that is true. And they're constantly doing that, testing everything in their mind from a logical point of view, and that allows them to arrive to true-false conclusions. It's all about what is true-false. Very powerful, but these two types 
are doing things differently. So if you don't know the difference, if you're an INTP or an INFP, look at how you think, right? Beliefs and opinions or how they feel about things. They also make decisions based on their mood, whereas the INTP does not make decisions based on their mood. Mood doesn't mean anything to the INTP. Mood is everything to the INFP. Be aware of that, right? So it, it can be an issue, okay? We'll talk about that a little bit here as well. Also, because they have thinking heroes, FI hero, TI hero, and this judging, internal judging function, uh, introverted judging function, it makes them the most brilliant of all the types. Yes, I recognize that we have ISFPs and INTPs out there, and they have that brilliance in terms of what's applied to the physical environment and to physics. I mean, look at these. These paintings were done by an ISFP who is bloody brilliant in her craft. She's an artist. Her name's Raylan. She's a member of this community. She's a fantastic human being and does wonderful work. And I'm very happy to have her work. And this, let me tell you folks, is genius, right? This is her form of genius, right? And as much as an ISTP who can like figure out crazy ways of getting anything to work basically because they're very pragmatic like that, their, me their mechanical mastery can get a car to start that wasn't able to start before. Uh, it's kind of like that, uh, that girl character in that uh, Transformers film, Bumblebee, uh, working on her uh, dad's car and finally getting it to run and when it just seemed impossible to do so but TI hero always finds a way with that anti child within the ISTP. However, these types are completely different. They have metaphysical mastery. They are aware of what's possible. They have mastery over what's possible. The expert intuition parent and they're able to think their way through all those possibilities, all of those fates and such that they're able to make the fates of their fellow human beings better which means they're able to bring a better future to their human beings, to fellow human beings through a core interpersonal philosophy or a system, a way of doing things. And that's how it works, right? Well, they need to be supported and they need to be respected as such. These two types are brilliant. Don't forget about that, right? But just because they're brilliant, they have some problems. So let's talk about that. Expert intuition parents, great. We've been talking a lot about expert intuition parent, but let's, let's look a little bit more on SI child. So because of expert intuition parent, they have introverted intuition critic, which makes them basically unmotivated. And then they have SI child, which makes them at risk of being lazy and stuck in their comfort zone, especially INFPs because FI hero can combine with SI child because if they don't have their parent function well-developed, they'll be like, well, I only care about what I feel about and what, makes, what I care about makes me comfortable. So they have those two types combining, which can make this type probably the most lazy of all the types and also the one type that's mostly going to have their head in the sand. I don't know how many times I've heard INFPs just make their arguments like, well, why are you doing that? Well, just because. And I'm like, well, that's no reason. Well, just because, just because. Like an INFP is very likely to respond with just because as the reason for why they're like, because I feel like it, you know? And it's like, but that has no basis in evidence. Or they're the people who are constantly asking everyone to cite their sources when they themselves hypocritically never cite their sources because they're too lazy to cite their own sources. It's so annoying, INFPs, stop doing that. You're hypocrites. I'm tired of the hypocritical behavior. If you're gonna ask someone to cite your sources, you better be for damn sure that you're very well read on it and that you are citing your sources too, because that's unfair. You're supposed to be walking philosophers who understand the concept of a bibliography, right? Why are you forcing everyone else around you to have a bibliography when you yourself are not willing to do it yourself? I mean, hashtag head in the sand. Like seriously, get your head out of the sand. It's really annoying. Like it's very annoying. Like stop, I, I, I can't stand it. 
you know, and then, and then, I, and then INTPs, you know, they get so stuck in their comfort zone they, that they just end up allowing other people to abuse them. They end up taking abuse, right? And their ESFJ subconscious leads the INTP to being turned into a doormat, okay? So you have someone who's insanely ignorant and you have someone who allows other people to take advantage of them and they're a doormat, okay? Okay, and, 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 and even worse, the people outside of the INPs allow the INFPs to be ignorant, allow them to be lazy, and they enable the INFP and no one has the guts to criticize the INFP. Right? No one, and the same thing for the INTP, their friends allow them to be doormats. Maybe their friends are taking advantage of the INTP as well. Wow, that's really great. <clears throat> it's hard for the INTP because Chai Hero is extremely, you know, uh, what is it? Oh yeah, alienating. And it's like, well, I wouldn't have any friends at all. And then they end up getting stuck with friends who take advantage of them. Wow. So it's not always the INP's fault, folks. Sometimes it's external people. It could be their family, it could be people at their work. Who knows? It could be their significant other who's taking advantage of them. It could even be their children. I don't know how many times I've heard about elderly people being taken advantage in terms of their money or their assets or anything. And almost always, it's these two types as elderly people being taken advantage. While the INFP elderly, they're ignorant and they, you know, can't teach a, a, an old dog new tricks, etc. There's a lot of that going with INFPs, especially the elderly. And, and then the INTP elderly person continues to be uh, uh, taken advantage of and treated like a doormat. It's absolutely ridiculous and I won't stand for it. It is our responsibility, folks, if we have INPs in our life to make sure that we never allow that to happen to them in their old age. But it is consistent. It is sick. While I have a problem with my ESTP cousin, there's one thing he did teach me. He taught me a lot of things actually, but one of the main things that I remember lessons that he taught me was the value of the elderly and to always respect your elders. I didn't have that attitude until I met him. And let me tell you, as an ESTP with SE Hero slamming SI Inferior against the wall to make a point, you might want to listen. And yes, I did listen and I immediately changed. I will never have that stupid attitude again. The elderly are to be respected. Respect your elders, folks, especially if they're INPs. Seriously do it, okay? They don't deserve that. Remember, they are the terra firma, right? Respect the ground you walk upon. Take care of it. Cultivate it. Till it. Respectfully and responsibly. Do not take advantage of these people. They don't deserve it. And if you do it for too long, they will screw you over and I'll show you exactly how. So they have the curse, the curse of the comfort, the curse of the comfort zone. The comfort zone ends up basically causing a huge amount of problems uh, between both of these types. We've already talked about how the INTV can be taken advantage of. We talked about how that can lead to ignorance on the part of the INFP and they have their head in the sand and they think they're not ignorant when everyone around them really knows they are ignorant. It leads to really, really poor behaviors. We talked about recently how, um, we talked about earlier how there was this woman, uh, for example, who uh, with, uh, um, you know, she had her child, you know, uh, the child's diaper wasn't changed, running around the house, the house is a complete mess, and she didn't even get any of the dishes done. Uh, there's no groceries in the fridge, dinner's come, uh, ha uh, trying to be handled, and her husband comes in and walks in the door, and he's been working hard. He actually got home late, an hour late, so he's been out there for nine hours, worked really hard, and it's like, hey, where's dinner? And, and then all of a sudden, guess what? 
He sees the INFP just sitting there on the couch on their phone doing nothing while the kid is running, running amok and she's just like, Ugh, I don't care about doing anything right now. Wow, that's really uncaring. Wow, uh, am I like, so I have to do everything around here? You know what I'm saying? That's a really great marriage. But if the INFP is enabled such that they can get to that way. See, that's the thing about INFPs. They can get so ignorant. Like, it's really, really detrimental, extremely detrimental to INFP children because INFP children, they can be spoiled more than any of the other types because the way they look at life, if they've never experienced it before, it's not real to them. Uh, for example, I actually got the uh, opportunity to come to know uh, an INFJ recently. Fantastic individual, uh, someone that I met through, uh, through my day job, uh, great guy. Um, He's got an INFP uh, girlfriend and she never learned how to drive. And she actually had her parents drive her around, even up to the point where she was 23 years old. And she was expecting other people to take her places. And she never learned to drive herself. And he as an INFJ, you know, because INFJs usually get into relationships with projects, etc. He ended up getting in a relationship with her and it seemed to be going pretty well, except for the fact that he had to drive her everywhere all the time. Wow, that's like totally lazy. Really annoying, right? He got so frustrated with it that he had to provide uh, an ultimatum. He had to provide an ultimatum. And that ultimatum is what saved their relationship. See, this is one of the things is why it's important for men to stand up to their women and literally put them on notice and have personal standards and personal boundaries such that, you know, you'd be like, hey, if you do not get your driver's license within X amount of time, our relationship is over and you will never see me again. Guess what? That INFP, they got their driver's license like that wasn't a problem anymore. After driving her around for a year to the point where she didn't get her license until she was like 24 years old. Ridiculous. Why is it everyone out there is, doesn't have the guts to criticize the INFP or provide that ultimatum that they need in order to get them to move? Oh, you think the ultimatum isn't just applied to, to, INF, uh, to, to INFPs, but it also applies to INTPs? Of course it does. Because imagine that INTP who's stuck in their mother's basement you know, playing video games without a job, you know, and they're like 22 years old. They're just like, man, you know what I'm saying? They need to be given an ultimatum. I'd be like telling their mother, hey, you need to like evict them immediately. Well, what if he gets homeless? Good. Good. Because then he'll actually learn something. He'll have to learn to survive and he'll end up getting skills really quick to survive and be able to take care of himself and figure out life. See, oftentimes I actually recommend to INTPs specifically, hey, you might want to like, you know, stop. If you're unfulfilled in your life, stop your job, quit your job, and just move to a country where you don't even speak their language for six months and try to survive and see if you can. I guarantee you, you'll emerge a, a much ama more amazing, greater person than ever with a lot more skills and a lot more activity. Shoving down as much new life experience down that uh, SI child, you know, tilling that ground, tilling that uh, terra firma, you know what I'm saying? By tilling that ground, they become something so much more, so much more. And you know, there's no excuse. There's no excuse for them whatsoever. So based on that, 
what you do. There's multiple, multiple methodologies uh, to apply to motivating these types to change. One of the reasons why people have such a hard time with these types because these types are literally the immovable object, right? And it requires the unstoppable force to remotely get any movement or any progress out of these people because they will just be these hard rocks sitting on the hill and not changing because Oh, my comfort zone is so much important. It's so much more important. And I'm not going to expand my own horizons. And I expect everybody else in my life to expand my horizons for me. And I'm just going to keep my head in the sand and be ignorant. Or I'm just going to, you know, not grow because, I mean, I went to college and I got my degree. But that I don't have to do this ever again. So I'm not going to grow anymore. I'm not going to read any books. You know, I'm not going to be my own person. Wow. Okay. Wait a minute, they're supposed to be the foundation that our movements and our businesses are built upon. Yet, they have this problem. Wow, the curse of the comfort zone, getting stuck in the comfort zone to the point where they allow other people to abuse them or they allow themselves to become ignorant. Ignorant and worthless and having incorrect beliefs and belief systems where what they believe is not even remotely close to the truth. Wow. Why do you think it's so important for INFPs to read? They need to read and they need to read and they need to read every single day for the rest of their lives and preferably nonfiction. I mean, if they're, I mean reading just fiction will keep them stuck in their comfort zone because they're comfortable with fiction. They need to be reading nonfiction to develop that philosophy that's supposed to be the foundation for a movement that an NFJ could take and execute to bring about world change. And yet the INFP is the one type out of all the types that complains about the state of the world more than anyone. Yet they're the ones who have to stand up and make it happen by reading every day, for example. What the hell? So different for INTPs. They need to be helping other people. Did you know INTPs, that if you are focused on helping with your FE inferior, that you will become smarter? It's not about motivating you to do what you want. You know, you wanna go to college? No, they don't wanna go to college. They just want to help. You need to be focused on helping others. If you're focusing on helping, you will become smarter. You'll become insanely intelligent with your TI hero. Why aren't you spending your time helping other people? Why are you being selfish, INTPs? Stop. Stop being selfish. It's not about you, right? So let's talk about that a little bit more. How do you motivate an INP? How do you get them out of their comfort zone? How do you get them to change? For the most part, it's kind of similar and then it diverts. We're gonna talk about that in a second. You have to go first for the parent function if it's developed, hopefully it is. Here's the parent function. What do you tell the INP? You provide, we already talked about it, an ultimatum. You tell them that they will be unwanted unless they change and you provide an ultimatum. If that doesn't work, you move on to their child function next and then you tell the child function, we are, I am taking away your comfort privileges. All of your creature comforts are going away. All of your privileges are going away. You take all that away, well, I'm here to make you uncomfortable to cause you to change. Guess what though? INPs can be so pig-headed because they're like, well, you've never done that to me before. I don't think, I, I think you're just bluffing. And you know what? They'll still stay in their mother's basement. They'll still have their head in the sand. They won't change. 
If it gets to that point, then you need to take drastic action. And then you go for the jugular, you know, the inferior function. The inferior function is known as the jugular, right? That's the place in the person's mind where someone is most sensitive, okay? Because you already are dealing with the fact that their critic will not allow themselves to want anything. Because you can't just go up to an INP and be like, hey, you will want to change and hire Tony Robbins and hire Gary Vaynerchuk and hire Owen Cook and hire Neil Strauss. I don't care who it is, whatever expert intuition here you want, you're not going to get an eye critic to budge. It literally is the immovable object. You cannot force an INP to want anything. You can make that SI child uncomfortable. You can saddle upon them duties and responsibilities and obligate that SI child as you should in an attempt to motivate them to change. But if you can't do that, well, there's only one thing you could do. You go after the inferior. Remember, you make them realize that they're gonna be unwanted. You make them uncomfortable. You take away those creature comforts or you obligate them. But if that fails, folks, if all else fails, what do you do? What do you do to INPs? Let me tell you what you do. Oh, it's so fun. It really makes my SC demon just like, Oh, yeah, just want to like, you know, twist that knife, you know what I'm saying? So, FE inferior, target FE inferior. How you do that? You guilt the INTP. You basically prove to the INTP that they are a bad person who is a burden, who is harming other human beings because of their poor comfort zone, curse of comfort zone behavior, their laziness, their selfishness, their creature comforts, their comfort is more important to, to them than anyone else. Wow. You guilt them, people. You guilt them. You guilt that INTP. I guarantee you, you'll see action taken as soon as it's been proven to them that they literally are being a bad person, that they are actually harming other people with their poor behavior. I guarantee you. Ah, but you know what? That's not really going to work on an INFP. You have to use a different strategy. You have to target the TE inferior. And you know how you target TE inferior? Oh, you, and this is one of my favorite things, you shame them. Yes, you shame them. You expose the fact to all of the INFP's friends, the people they respect the most, or the people they have closest to them, their significant others, their children, their family. You expose all of their selfishness to other people so that those other people start thinking less of the INFP. Because the INFP is all about perception and reputation management. Hey, I don't have to be good as long as I look good. Hey, if I'm looking good, I mean, what's the point? You know what I'm saying? I look good, everyone thinks I'm good. I don't have to be good as long as people think it, I'm good, so I don't have to worry about it. Ah, but if you expose them, if you expose the truth of their horrible, selfish, ignorant, comfort zone behavior, oh yeah, to everyone, and you do it in a public manner, and you do it as public as possible, the INFP all of a sudden will be motivated to change because they'll be like, uh-oh, my reputation is absolute crap. Maybe I should fix that. I can't, al I can't, I can't allow people to think less of me. <gasps> I can't allow that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. All of a sudden they're motivated to change. Oh yeah, that's the fastest way to get it happen. Of course, you know, remember, if you're gonna go after their inferior functions, don't forget folks, they may hate you for it and they'll never forget it. Just understand that you may permanently burn the bridge, but at least You've caused them to change for the better. Maybe 20 years down the road, they may actually thank you for criticizing them. They may thank you for guilting them. They may thank you for shaming them. Don't forget INFPs. 
If given the opportunity to shame you, I will, and I will enjoy every second of it as sadistic as possible as I can get it. I will enjoy it. I will enjoy shaming you. And you want to know how? Read John Ronson's book, So You Have Been Publicly Shamed. It's on Amazon uh, Audible. It's an Audible original. John Ronson, guess what, is an INFP, and he's actually narrating the book on the audiobook himself. You might want to read that, INFPs, because let me tell you, people like me out there exist, and we will shame you if you get stuck in your comfort zone. Because remember, you are supposed to be the foundation, the terra firma, that any movement for positive change in this world, we are supposed to have your core interpersonal philosophy, but how the hell are we going to get it if you're too busy with your head in the sand, playing on your phone, sitting on the couch, being absolutely worthless? How is anything going to change? You complain over and over and over about how bad it is in the world, and yet you do nothing about it. You hypocrites. Stop doing that. You need to wake up, and I will shame you. Now, you can avoid the shame if you read every day, if you develop what SI child needs the most, self-discipline. Develop self-discipline, okay? Because if you develop self-discipline, you can guide people so much better. You can guide their fate. You can understand what other people want. Both of you understand what other people want, what other people desire, other people's goals. And you can make suggestions to them. You can make warnings, okay? You folks are supposed to be the most brilliant of all the types. What are you doing? Are you being a waste? Are you spending it on your own feelings and your own mood? Are you spending it on what makes you comfortable? What are you doing for everybody else? Why is it always about you all the time, INFPs? Why is it about you, huh? Same thing for INTPs. You think you're so smart, but you're not even bothering to help anybody. What value do you have? Seriously, INTPs, what value do you have if you're not helping anyone? Let me give you guys some good examples. I have an INTP on my team. Uh, she's amazing. Uh, Emily has been with us for a long time and she's definitely outside of her comfort zone. We are constantly throwing new stuff at her all the time, but she is focused on helping us and our team here at CSJ such that it has made her grow in intelligence over time and she is brilliant. And she is an amazing person to work with on the team and also on our mod team as head modsy here at CSJ on the CSJ Discord. She is fantastic. So shout out uh, to, to Nova and everything that she does for this community. It is absolutely exquisite um, to have her on the team. It is, it is, it is un unbelievable. Uh, shout out to Nova. We really, really appreciate it. And then there's, there's, there's people like, uh, that are like Ray and, and Domes who are INFPs who are consistently making sure that they're not ignorant, that they're staying out of their comfort zone. And uh, Domes has been a great, uh, and Ray have been amazing on the Modzi team as well, and, uh, and providing all their other uh, uh, benefits to the CSJ community. And I always ask them, hey, what's your opinion? They do not often speak up, but when we're in team meetings, when we're in situations like that, I'm asking them, hey, what's your opinion? Yo, Domes, what's your opinion on this? Or Ray, what's your opinion on this? I always ask them for their opinion. You have to ask them for opinion. Why would you not? Why would you also not accept the help from an INTP? Why would you not listen to the INTP? You know what I'm saying? Like, because if I stopped listening to Nova, oh, if I stopped asking the opinion of Domes, oh, what would happen? Oh, that's right, the chair would be pulled out right from under me. Oh, why is that? Because they are the foundation, okay? 
These folks are the foundation with which this community and this business actually stands upon. Shout out to Nova and Domes and Ray for being awesome INPs on our team. They really do provide that solid ground with which we, this community, are able to stand upon. Without that foundation, we would not really have a future, any parent. It's absolutely important that we have them, that we have this, that they are supported, that we listen to them. Because here's what's going to happen, folks. Here's what's going to happen if you ignore them. Hmm? Here's what's going to happen. You know, they care so much. They're being so helpful. But if I or anyone else does not give them the recognition that they deserve, the appreciation that they deserve, guess what's going to happen? They stop caring. And FI Demon's going to come out and they're just going to do what they feel like doing. And then they become apathetic. The INTP becomes apathetic. And it's all about what they feel like doing. Because obviously no one else cares what they've done for anything else. And because they don't care, because they don't value that, they're going to, why should I care? So I'm not going to care. Why bother? And then all of a sudden that help that foundation gets pulled out from under everybody and everything, the house of cards comes a tumbling down. Interesting how that works. Interesting, right? You know, same thing over here. If you're not listening to the, uh, to the opinion of the INTP and it's like, great, no one cares about what I think. No one wants to, uh, no one wants to listen to my input. No one values my opinion. I don't feel good about this. Why doesn't anyone want to listen to my opinion? Okay, fine. Well, then we're just going to default to my opinion. And then out comes the ISTP demon and it just starts to deconstruct because ISTPs are all about constructing, but ISTP superego is all about deconstructing. <coughs> Deconstruction becomes, or destruction, is a problem. And you want to see the one type that causes the most destruction? It's the ISTP superego. Watch out, right? If you want to see the type that's the most apathetic, it's the ISFP. The ISFP superego is like, eh, you know what? We're just going to do what I want to do. I don't care. I don't care anymore. I care about what I feel like. I care about my mood. I care about what I want to do. Screw y'all. I don't care. And all of a sudden, they disappear. The INTP goes poof, and they're gone. And it's like, well, where did they go? Gee, I wonder where they went. Maybe I should have showed them some appreciation for once. Maybe you should have thanked them for once. Maybe you should have listened to them for once, folks. Do not neglect your INPs. They do not deserve it. Provided they're not in their comfort zone and not stuck in their comfort zone, provided they're not being ignorant and have their head in the sand, provided that they're continuing to be helpful, why are you ignoring them like everybody else does? They are the foundation with which you stand upon for your organization, for your business, for your family, for your church, for your community, for your government. Uh, there's, a, there's a story, um, a company by Behringer, uh, by the name of Behringer, uh, a music group. Uh, they had a rogue employee, an INTP, I believe he's an INTP, who worked uh, in their data center. And, uh, well... Uh, that does data center exploded. They almost lost the company and I ended up getting the call in the middle of the night to try to uh, save that company and Uli Berenger, who is the CEO of that company was freaking out uh, about that and, and how to solve this IT problem trying to get uh, SAP back. I watched him fire executive after executive after executive as they couldn't put the put Humpty Dumpty back together again after this rogue employee basically uh, uh, allegedly uh, destroyed their 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 infrastructure. 
I don't have all the specific details on that situation because I was kept in the dark for a lot of it, so take it with many grains of salt. But that company still exists today. Thank God we were able to survive. But guess what happened? Oh, that INTP in their IT team was neglected and unappreciated. And guess what happened? pulled out that chair out from under. And you know what? It's possible that INTP didn't do anything at all. It's possible the INTP, any parent just saw like, hey, there's all these problems that are gonna take down this data center in a few months. You know what? I'm just gonna decide not to do anything about it. He probably didn't even do anything malicious. And then all of a sudden he's just like, oh, here comes the waves, here comes the flood. Well, I'm not gonna tell anyone. I'm gonna bother telling anyone because they don't appreciate my help anyway. So I'm just gonna let it happen. And sure enough, crash. And you know, the amazing uh, you know, music products from Behringer Music Group, for example, uh, could have never have existed all like that because the INTP was ignored. Take that story with a few grains of salt, but you get the gist, right? It is so important. I don't care if you're a TE parent or a TE hero. If you're running an organization or a business, do not neglect your INPs. And you folks, you TE parents and you TE heroes are the most likely to ignore them. Did you know that? Did you know that, folks? Because you get so focused on numbers and systems that you forget about the people that work at your organization. And these people are people. And they are the foundation with which your business is able to exist in the first place or your movement is able to exist in the first place. How are you going to do this? You can't do it without them. So why do you ignore them? Why? Because if you are apathetic towards the INTP, they're going to be apathetic towards you. If you're going to have your head in the sand and you're going to be ignorant about the INFP, the INFP will also be ignorant. Okay? You reap what you sow. You reap what you sow with both these types. You want to have a better future, you better till that ground, and you better sow. We talk about the curse of their comfort zone. How do you till that ground? Make sure that you give them the healthy ultimatums. Tell them, warn them, you're going to be unwanted if you behave this way. Okay? Make them uncomfortable. Expand their horizons. Till that ground. Fill them with books and knowledge that they need to be successful. Make them comfortable with expanding their horizons and developing good, positive, healthy habits. That's what Introverted Sensing Child is all about. It's about habits, folks. Habits. These two types are habitual. Stop trying to get them to want things and help them develop healthy habits. Habits is everything, especially in the workplace, especially in the, ha in the family. Had that woman sitting on the couch, that INFP woman sitting on the couch with her phone and her kid running around destroying the house, you think that would have happened if she had healthy habits? Where do healthy habits come from, folks? Oh, that's from self-discipline, proper self-discipline. These two types need self-discipline. They need to be disciplined. Parents, if you're raising an INP, discipline these children. It's not about giving them choices. They need to be told what they should do. Obligate them, right? Make sure that, and if necessary, guilt them if you have to. If necessary, shame them if you have to. That's what these two types need. This is how they are different from each other, folks. This is how they are different. Very, very imp important. 
So we talked about any parent and how they're aware of the future and how they provide warnings. We talked about the comfort zone of the child. We talked about how INTPs are afraid of making other people feel bad, which is why guilting them is, a, is, is, is an effective way, but a dangerous way to motivate them. We talked about TE inferior and how it's about how other people think and the opinions of others because they want people to have high opinions of them. They want other people to think highly of them at all times because they draw their self-worth from FI Hero based on how people think about TE Inferior. And the more they read, the more they could take charge and be that ESTJ subconscious to help people think about things properly and develop that professoral academic role where they can speak their core interpersonal philosophy to others through their ESTJ subconscious such that it creates a foundation for a movement that can inspire world change and influence. Huh, wonder how that works or how supportive and helpful the INTP gets and they become the most supportive support structure for your business, for your organization, for your family, because that INTP will always be there. Oh gosh, they're so reliable. That's solid ground. Make sure you till that earth well, folks. And then INTPs, they have TE nemesis. They worry that everyone around them is lacking intelligence. Sometimes to the point where they just want to do everything themselves and not get any help from anyone else because they don't trust other people. I mean, I had an INTP coworker a while back who did this for me, who really, really helped me out. Yeah, that was, that was very important. And, uh, and he gave me the room to fail. He allowed me to fail, and then he offered help. INTPs stop interrupting people or stop ignoring people. They usually just ignore people in their failures and not help. Whereas, you know, it's the ISTP is going to interrupt people before they fail, whereas the INTP is just going to be completely indifferent. You have indifference and then you have ignorance. Those are the main hangups of these two types. Yes, we have their vices, right? Where you have uh, um, you know, indifference you know, versus treachery, and that's a whole different ball game. But it's like the INFP is trying to find someone who thinks high enough to be loyal enough to, whereas the INTP is trying to find someone that they don't have to be indifferent to, right? That is an issue, right? That apathy is a problem, okay? We already talked heavily about anti-critic, SE trickster, Folks, help these people dress themselves, make themselves presentable, help them give good experiences to other people, help them with their car mechanics, help them in these areas. It's a major, major hang-up that they have. Sometimes they're dropping stuff. Sometimes they're just not able to focus on things properly. They have a really hard time focusing, especially in the moment because they live so much in the past and so much in the future. It's important that you support them in these areas. They're not perfect. We're not perfect. No one is perfect. Remember, humanity ultimately is unholy. Unholy being incomplete and lacking everything. Whereas, you know, all of humanity combined in one, one, one place, all of their cognition, you know, in that mega consciousness that we talk about in season one or season 17, episode one, is holy or complete and lacking nothing. It's different. But mankind, in order to actually enjoy life and understand where the value of life and where life is going, and to actually really find what is actually meaningful in life, we have to be incomplete because we enjoy it that much more. If we're totally complete, well, it can get pretty boring, folks. And these two types are no exception. Recognize the core importance of both these types. And we have discussed their demon at length. And we've discussed their superegos at length so far. Anyway, what is the point? Remember, these two types, so in summary, these two types are the foundation. They are the terra firma. They are the solid ground. They are the immovable object 
that you need that you get to stand upon for your family, for your business, for your movement or your organization, doesn't matter. These two types make it happen. They really provide that scaffolding as well as that solid ground, that foundation that you could build a company or an idea or a movement upon. And that's amazing. But while that may be true and they need to be respected as such, that solid ground that they are needs to be properly tilled and sewed in to get good results. Otherwise, you're looking at indifference and apathy as well as ignorance and these types having their head in the sand, getting stuck in their comfort zone, getting so selfish that they don't even realize how selfish they are. They don't even realize how far gone they are. They have to be woken up. And you do that by making sure that they understand that they'll be unwanted. You make them uncomfortable. You utilize guilt, you utilize shame, and you provide ultimatums. That's how they grow. Because ultimately, folks, you get back from INPs what you put into them. Okay, it's that simple. It's almost like they're coin operated, right? Folks, the bottom line is this. When it comes to INTPs and INFPs, while they're very similar, they're also very different. But at the end of the day, you reap what you sow. If you found this lecture useful, helpful, educational, enlightening, please subscribe to the channel here on YouTube. Leave a like and a comment while you're at it. If you have any uh, questions, uh, you can join our Q&A group. Just go to csjoseph.life forward slash social, click on Discord, join our Discord server, put your questions in the Q&A, uh, and then we'll, uh, we will answer your questions on our next Q&A stream. Uh, if you wanna join our meetup group, go to the same location, csjoseph.life forward slash social, uh, and check out our meetup group. It's for the Bay Area. If you want to get on our Instagram, become an Instagram follower. Again, csjoseph.life forward slash social. Get on our Instagram. You can also do the same thing for our Facebook. If you would like to gain access to private lectures and private premium content, become a patron at our Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash csjoseph. And you'll be able to access our romantic compatibility series, which has one episode left before we launch in to the next uh, series, which will be made available uh, through Patreon, folks. Anyway, a lot of content to cover, and I realize this lecture was a little bit longer than most, but I'm sorry, I have to give credit where it is due, folks. The INPs are some of the most overlooked of all of the types, and it's important that they are brought to light today so that we can understand them and their importance and their hang-ups so that we can have better relationships with them. And so also, you folks who don't know the difference between an INTP and an INFP, you can recognize the similarities as well as the differences so that you can finally come to terms with who you really are and find your identity because that's what we're all about here, folks, here at csjoseph.life. So anyway, with that being said, you folks have a good night. I will see you tonight on the stream. Later. <laughs>